0: hello everybody and welcome to chats under the cherry tree
1: i love that
0: it is the first in our new podcast from sweet cherry publishing and today we've got the the joy of sitting down with Sanji de Silva who is sweet cherry's publisher yes right so we're gonna have a chat yeah we're gonna talk about publishing and we're going to get your opinions on a few different things. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, first and foremost, let the listeners know who they're dealing with. Of course. And we can go from there.
1: <laughs> so I'm Sanji, And I always introduce myself by saying I get to be the publisher at Sweet Cherry Publishing, because I really do think it's a privilege and an honor. And it's certainly beyond my expectation from my career. Anyone who's followed me on LinkedIn will be realizing, how did he get here? And it is one of those unusual stories. Um, but why I say that every time as I get to be is because I am grateful every day that I get to do this amazing job and be in this amazing industry with such wonderful, creative people.
0: Yeah. I mean, as someone that has been brought on into the company fairly recently, <laughs> I will say that, um, yes, it's definitely wonderfully creative. It's definitely different from any other job oh. I've ever had. um, And I think that's
1: a part of the story. You know, we at Sweet Cherry, we're very unusual because we are started by uh, the youngest of an immigrant family, Mm -hmm. a Muslim, a non-reader, a self-confessed non-reader. I mean, what's that about? (laughs) The audacity of um, starting his own publishing house so that his children doesn't fall through the same cracks as he did. Um, You know what it is? I think our company logo really should be audacity yeah you know it's that whole thing of nobody said we couldn't so we did and we've done it and we continue to do it and we never lose it and that's part of my thing as being the current publisher um is to carry that mantle on to keep saying don't forget our roots and what we are so, you know, that includes recruitment with people like you. We love to bring new people into the industry. That is what I think everybody should be doing. Mm-hmm. And that's how we broaden our scope, broaden, you know, things we publish and get different ideas and get to new children. That's how it is. You know, bring new people, new blood, new voices.
0: Exact- yeah, I agree, because that's the one thing that I've noticed since being here is, um, I mean, publishing is never an industry that I thought I'd be working in. I'll be, to be honest with everyone that's listening. Yeah. It's not an industry I ever thought I'd be into um but now that i am i'm I'm enjoying it a lot and and so why do you think it is as important as it as you say it is to bring in people from outside of publishing i was going to tell i'm going to tell you the answer
1: you're not going to like it (laughs) okay (laughs) um you know what it is i really love about you first the fact that you can come in with your own special skill set and then we can find you a home in publishing to Mm -hmm. show you that actually you know, pu- you're, you're an audio expert, so audio is important to publishing, too, to reach, you know, new ears, where we're trying to get through to new eyes and new readers. So it's really important that publishing as a whole understand that, you know, what is the talent of this human and how can they help? You know, we've got books with so- written by songwriters. Mm. What kind of weirdness is that? <laughs> right? But the reason is, you know, if we can reach a child through song and bring them to our circle, bring them to a book, That's another thing i've never been afraid of you know steering into technology to get what we want unfortunately it's no secret that publishing has been a certain demographic Mm -hmm. and that demographic has traditionally uh been white uh female um you know and i want to acknowledge that and say there is a reason why that is it's not publishing's fault Mm -hmm. It's just genuinely how things are in, you know, in, on the planet. Um, lots of immigrant families come to the UK and their most important thing is to get themselves and their children qualified to put bread on the table. They've been given this amazing opportunity to come to this country and to do well. My parents are the same. And so it's my generation that's had that amazing luxury of being able to do something a bit more creative yeah. okay fine I was trained to be <laughs> a doctor a lawyer accountant whatever it is accountant uh, <laughs> but and we you know I did have to qualify before my parents let me do what I want mm. um, you know that is unfortunately the reality of the space that we live in and we shouldn't blame anybody for that that's just the reality of the situation but we are fortunate that we are now living in this world where you know you can be a bit more creative and certainly after the pandemic a lot of authors illustrators that i meet talk about how being locked down mm. was what that gave them the courage to explore new things and explore their talents so i don't think it's publishing's fault mm. that they haven't brought new people in um but i think what we're doing is sweet cherry is showing a much more practical way of being able to do that and again it's evolution so it's all a part of the fact that we don't have loads of experienced publishing people within a stone's throw of leicester yeah right let's be real yeah you can't give me credit for something that's you know not not like i'm not i'm not shutting the door to all the publishing experience people thank you, you don't come in here you're not wanted We only want brand new people but the difference as we terry's we've gone well you know our Recruitment pot here is limited, so what are we going to do? Let's think differently. Let's expect us to bring new people into publishing and work a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. which we're not afraid to do, to get them to a publishing standard so that when they do leave us to other companies like, you know, Penguin Random House, Chicken House, whatever it is, um, we we can be proud of the fact that we introduce them to an industry.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, having... Lived in Leicester for a, a few years. Yeah, you know, I just want to say eight, seven, eight years. Yeah, no, I've been here a little while now. I, until applied for the job, yes, wasn't aware there was a publisher in yes. Leicester. And we, we get, I find we get that reaction a lot mm. when we reach out to people. They're mm. like, oh, we're publishers, and you're not in London. Mm. So how do you combat that? So obviously the, there is before the, me. There's a, yeah.
1: a we have this phrase in uh, Sweet Cherry. We call it BF. <laughs> before sanj uh, <laughs> so before sanj people like amy who you know and divya who has left us now but she, uh, they both found us through books the door our parent company okay so they actually applied for books the door or heard about books door learned about books door and then learned that there is a, actually lester's own award-winning publishing house right at Udosta. doorstep i have Um, try to do things a little bit different so I reach out to my community I go into De Montfort University I do shout outs I um, you know speak I'm on panels I try and get as much about us out into the community as possible even if it's put in a you know bookshelf in a coffee shop I want the community to know that we exist Mm -hmm. and that we're definitely um, a recruitment choice locally
0: which is good and i know that since i've been here we like you say we've done work with students mm. you like to bring students in to work on certain projects whether it's like a freelance thing or mm. some some of our tra- uh, book trailer reveals we've been doing recently with students which is great because not only is it allowing students to build out their portfolio while they're still at university it's also showing students that publishing is an option and it is something that there's a lot to do in i don't know yeah. if that, that might sound a bit silly because one thing that i didn't realize before i co- got into it is obviously how many wheels are in motion in publishing how many people are doing all these different jobs when you just right. think publishers you think editors and you think designers when actually yes. there's so much more going on behind the scenes than 100%. that it's unbelievable so yeah sharing it with the students is one thing that i think i really appreciate as someone i mean i went to dmu yeah. um mm-hmm. so I, it's something i really appreciate i think it's a good thing to get students involved and to let them know that this is an option it might not be that's where you think my, your career is going to go but it's definitely an option
1: that's one of my favorite things to do is meet these students like i sat in a panel with um tv and film mm-hmm. and music and then I was the other arts, which is publishing. And I'll be very honest, I didn't expect to be popular. Because <laughs> come on, <laughs> there's actual film people here and actually music people here. Yeah. And even the organiser said, oh my God, look at you, you are so popular. Like a lot of people stayed back to talk to me. And it is that thing where they were like, wait a minute, we didn't know this was an option or a choice. Yeah. Um, and they were really curious. And as you know, we've had some of those students in-house for meetings and things like that. And that is a part of the excitement. I'm excited about being in publishing, and I think that's another thing that's good about all of us new people coming in to the industry. We have this certain excitement that I just think people get. Yeah. And they see it, and they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of the party. Yes. Um, so they come and they talk to us a lot.
0: Yeah, which is good. So then you've already said the company was founded by a non-reader. Mm-hmm. Are you a reader?
1: I am am a completely different kettle of fish to uh, (laughs) our founder. So our founder is the youngest of an immigrant family. His parents didn't speak English as the first language, so he was never read to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that was his story. My story is completely different. I have to fess up right now. I'm not the youngest of an immigrant family. I'm a (laughs) spoiled middle class only child um, who lived in this wonderful suburban life. I, you know, I went to Catholic school, I went to church every Sunday. I had to mow the lawn, which I used to complain about. We used to go to a bakery. Uh, you know, it was very idyllic. I did not realize there were different types of people living on the planet until I was very old. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I discovered, whoa, what's going on here? Mm. I was very sheltered. So books were very important to me because my grandmother was a huge um, fan of books and could quote, you know Byron anything just at a drop of a hat she was amazing and she was an English teacher first and went on to become a principal of her school so I was constantly thrown books there and was read to by her mm-hmm. and then my mum. so books were very much part of it books were actually my babysitter so okay. one of the things that would happen is middle-class life I apologize in advance but the <laughs> library was across from Marks and Spencer's okay <laughs> i'm yeah, just that, saying yeah. so my parents would go to marks and spencers and leave me in the library because the library card that i had would get me in with a scan mm-hmm. and then it was a safe space for me to be in while they go shopping and then they would come and collect me come, after pick up little so, afterwards. <laughs> exactly so growing up i would just love being in this massive and i remember it was all wood as well it was super cool uh, library with all these books and no one to supervise me i could read anything i want this was amazing and this is the experience i want to give to our children that that experience of choice when you are a child it is horrible i don't know if you remember this dan but (laughs) parents tell you to do everything and your siblings tell you to do this and the teachers tell you to do something and everyone's always telling you to do something so books were my escape to be like wait a minute I can read anything on this shelf mm,
0: and go this anywhere. is super
1: exciting right yeah. so i'd pick up loads of books and in our library you weren't allowed to visit the reference part till you were older and you needed a special reference access so i i remember having that journey of you know coming of age i am old enough to go to the reference <laughs> section like wow it was super exciting so libraries and books have been a part of my life forever and an important part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know this, Dan, but I was married once. Oh, I I'm just going to tell you this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like a big reveal here in this podcast. <laughs> I feel like you deserve an exclusive. <laughs> so I was married once, and actually, the thing that brought us together was a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we organically met, and we just sort of was just chatting, and when you lost for things to say. I think he said, oh, what are you reading? Do you read? Like, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, The House of Sand and Fog. And he's like, shut up, I'm reading that. (laughs) And it was that that sort of brought us together. Um, So, yeah, so books have been a very important part of my life.
0: So books are a big part of your life. And then the next thing you know, obviously, there's steps between then and Mm. now. But then all of a sudden, you are where you are and you're a publisher. You're the publisher and independent book publishers. So you come in and what's the game plan? You, you love books. They're <laughs> really important in your life. You're now in charge of publishers. Mm. What was point A, first thing to do when you got in at this job?
1: Oh, well, you know what it is. I didn't think of it as a publishing job. I thought of it as a job. I'll be very, very honest. Mm-hmm. I came in. It's just like moving into a new house. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay. I see there's a lot of things that needed to change. And for me, it was the infrastructure. So I had a meeting about it. I explained to the management at the time that we really needed to work on the infrastructure to make sure that what we planned to do, because mine was a 10-year forecast. Right. So I knew exactly what I wanted to do. We had this amazing vehicle that was uh, Sweet Cherry Publishing, Mm -hmm. but I knew that some of the wheels needed changing. We may be needing a new engine. You know, (laughs) it's all of those sort of things. And it was just getting that infrastructure right. Part of the gift that was was that I got to go to every different department and learn things yeah. while I was trying to fix it, get what they want. So some of that was recruitment. Some of that was technology, new technology, upgrading mm-hmm. the technology, things like backup servers. I mean, you can imagine the sort of can of worms that you open with these sort of things. And the joy for me was, while I was fixing, I was learning. Yeah. So that's how the first part started. That was phase one. Then phase two was recruitment. Mm -hmm. I felt like we really needed some experienced people leading us brand new newies into the industry, right? Um, I got that signed off. Um, So everyone in our management's got like 20 to 30 years of experience. But the most important thing about our management team, when they came on board, they realized very quickly is that as we, Terry, we don't care. Mm. We don't want to know about your experience. Nobody here cares. So it's really good because they got it straight away. And what they love is they really love Sweet Cherry before they got here. Mm -hmm. So they just viewed Sweet Cherry as this really fun child. And their job was to watch us run, grow, play, do whatever we want. But their job was when we faulted when we failed they would go ha ha, ha we knew you were gonna do that yeah. okay so here's, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: here's how you really do here's it. <laughs> how you do it in publishing
1: and that was the gift that they gave you know none of those managers came in with their big boots and going this is not how it's done we'll show you how it's done yeah there was none of that and i really appreciate it so many times i've sat in meetings and they've gone okay let me just tell you that's not what it's done in publishing but here we well, let's make a deal You go off and do it your way. Mm. And then if it doesn't work, I know what to do. Okay. Right. Sometimes it has been very like, listen, Sanji, I've got a really good reputation in publishing. Mm. So I'm not willing to say that. I'm not willing to
0: ruin it. Yeah. I'm (laughs) not
1: willing to go ahead and do this, (laughs) but I encourage you to do it. And, you know, and that has happened. And um, we are, you know, we're not afraid of taking risks. We're not risk averse. So we will go out there and, you know, nine times out of 10, we are right. We can make the impossible possible. Mm. And that's what I really appreciate about the managers who i have got 20, 30 years experience. They don't sit there and go, mm, no, we've been there, we've done it, we've tried it before, it's not worked. They're just like, no, go on. They can see our Let's eagerness and enthusiasm. Yeah. And they'll go, you never know. These, these idiots might actually do it. They might pull it off. And we have. <laughs> <laughs> so, now they're amazing.
0: Right. So, you brought in experienced managers. Mm-hmm. You've... At the, so the way that it's working from Vision, we've got experience at the top, and we've got lovely new creative people. Well, let's the not bottom. get carried
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Yeah. You then, then but experience yes, underneath I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm basically the cute little cherry on top. Yeah, cherry <laughs> And they are the all the lovely cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all the spongy cream bit of, at the, of bottom. the crop. <laughs> That's what they are. Uh, and then we've got brand new cherries at the bottom. Yeah. Um, who come into the business. Often not knowing what the heck is going on, why they, yeah, that's you, why they even took the job, very confused, you know, (laughs) we don't get it. But then slowly, hopefully finding that, wait a minute, this has got nothing to do with my job title or my job description. This is about how I can contribute to the mission to get children to books. Mm-hmm. that's it. that's that's what it's about you forget everything else and go that's what it's about everything we do needs to come back to that you know why are we wasting our time with this tiktok nonsense the reason is we're hoping it will engage a child engage a parent get new eyes into sweet cherry and what we do and then hopefully go out there and pick one of our books there are lots of choices out there and we think you should be making the choice to pick up one of our books
0: I agree, and that's one thing that I, I really appreciate since we started at Sweet Cherry. Is a lot of the time is the question isn't from up above. Is how does this make us money? The question mm. is how does this benefit yeah. children, and how does this make children want to read? Uh, that's the question that comes first, and then well, sometimes they're like, "Should we make a bit of
1: money?" Yeah, we, no, money is try? important. And this calls- is very important to a business, and um, I think this is nothing to do with sweet cherry nothing to do with books door, nothing to do with how the business is run this is a hundred percent sanj thing yeah i've had a very long life and mm-hmm. i've noticed two things when i've de- done sales jobs whatever it is in life when i've chased the money yeah it's never come to me it just just hasn't happened it's a life lesson but when i've stopped chasing the money when i go you know what stop it just enjoy what you're doing you're never going to make the sales target just chill out just enjoy the process of meeting people trying to sell whatever before you know it I've made the sale. so Mm -hmm. over my long life I realised stop chasing the money just do all the right things and the money will come and that's what's happening at Sweet Cherry you know we just go we're just going to do the right thing sometimes trying to get something signed off as you know is like crazy because the boss is like are you joking me? what are you doing now? (laughs) but in the other end the universe rewards us with this you know amazing sale or this amazing new customer since we've come we've achieved so much we've got into we had a little wish list from the bosses and we're slowly ticking that wish list off uh year by year month by month um and it's just not even concentrating it we're not knocking on the doors to be on purpose going can you let us in yeah. we're genuinely just being ourselves publishing the things we want to publish and those right retailers are finding us and saying oh we just heard about you we really want to yeah. you know work they're with opening you or we want
0: to. they're opening their doors genuinely, you knocking on them, you know yeah
1: in, including the big w who was ch- we were chasing after for 10 years before bs before sand yeah and it was so good to finally get their attention with a, re- a book that we were super proud of making yes. and we were so excited uh, that they were hearing it and wanted to talk to us about it so it's like that the whole way through if you just stop chasing and start just living and enjoying and that's just all the way through your life just concentrate on the things you want to achieve and what you want to do and your own happiness and what you want to you know make happen and then trust me everything else will fall in line i never expected to be in publishing i'm just saying (laughs) and And here we are
0: and you both well that's taking my last question away because i was going to ask for a bit of advice from you but i think you've already done it There,
1: yeah i'm like way ahead i'm way ahead in publishing and i'm way ahead in this (laughs) broadcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm always ahead of the game yeah absolutely yeah
0: no so i mean i just i just want to run it round it off really and say that yeah in in my short time here i found it um very eye-opening and a very fun creative place to work um and we're hoping that this podcast moving forward will be a place where people can have a bit of a, a, a glimpse behind the curtain of publishing, be a bit more open with how the industry goes, because it is a very closed industry. It's not an industry that I knew much about before starting this job. Um, and I do think if, the more, if people knew more about it, it would be an aspiration for more people um, from, like you say, more diverse backgrounds and not just people that are the, the regular crowd, should we say, that you'd expect to see mm. in publishing. So hopefully with everything Sweet Cherry's doing, Everything this podcast is doing, that we can get to a point where more people can aspire to uh, be in publishing. And that's the aim, I think, isn't it? Get children reading and inspire people to join. Yeah,
1: this particular part of it for me is to get more people, you know, looking at publishing as a hopeful career for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's see what happens. It's your idea. If it goes wrong, it's your fault. Yeah. (laughs) No. Well,
0: thank you, everybody, for joining us on what is the first episode. Well, it would be second episode, I believe, actually, when you're hearing this.
1: Oh, really? Why? Yeah. What's on the first episode? Well,
0: I'm hoping that we can get the founder himself.
1: I feel like that's super for important. For the launching
0: episode. So yeah. yeah. We'll try that. But thank you for joining us on this episode of Chats Under the Cherry Tree, and there'll be far more coming your way soon. And I uh, hope you all have a lovely day.